Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. It's been a roller coaster week for economic development news in Chautauqua County. County Executive PJ Wendell provides some more information. We welcome Chautauqua County Executive PJ Wendell to the WRFA studios. Good morning. Good to see you in person. Uh, it's great to be here as yeah, always. I think that was it last month. We we had to talk on the phone, but you know you're back in person once again. So it's glad to have you with us. Uh, do this monthly conversation. A lot of things been going on, especially even this week. And uh, want to start with. The, the ups and downs of economic development news in Chautauqua County. Sorry, well, I guess they always say that save the good news for second. So unfortunately, I got to ask you about Severino Companies. This is a, I mean, this is a company that has involved in a couple different projects on the north and south end of the county between the project out in Faulkner and then the Welch's building. Do you know of anything what is happening with the company and those projects? Not 100%. You know, we did, we had some outreach yesterday that said, you know, things are still moving forward as far as we know in, in the Westfield project. Uh, we haven't heard anything otherwise. Uh, you know, they did reach out to us. So, you know, again, you know, as I said in Faulkner, until we hear something definitive, uh, can we hold weight? You know, the, the development... You know, it's it's the construction company, as I see it, that's closing. There's still a holdings company, and as we've talked about, so uh, it's unique. But you know, th- these are the perils with with situations. Uh, you know, Severino is all across Western New York. Uh, unfortunately, the headlines read, you know, it's tagged to two county projects. Well. Uh, Yes, I mean, but they're projects in the county. They're not necessarily county projects. The project in Falconer, the village of Falconer in Westfield, you know, the county was instrumental in assisting the village for developing that property too. So it's disappointing, uh, but until we hear something definitive, you know, we're still optimistic that uh, the other projects will keep moving. Mm-hmm. And this is a company that, you know, had a proven history with other projects, not just in Chautauqua, but Erie and Niagara County. I think uh, in uh, the one of the projects that comes to mind immediately for Jamestown was the Apple Yard projects that was done, I forget how many years ago now. They did uh, Houghton Hall up at SUNY Fredonia. So it's not like this was a fly-by-night operation by far. Uh, and just it was just a surprising news that about them closing down that we that came out this week uh, in uh, local media. So um, I was told there was some connection with a dorm or some some event in Alfred State Alfred or Alfred State. University. So yeah. that's the, they're suing them. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they're not suing Alfred; they're suing the dormitory authority. The authority. So you know, I don't know what happened, but you know, that's their business. Uh, I'm just unfortunate that it, it would affect us. But you know, we'll we've got uh, you know we we'll just keep moving when we hear something definitive. We'll make uh, you know make our plans, but. We have a couple things we're looking at already. Yeah, and uh, thinking of things that are happening on a better front is that Wells Enterprises, what what a surprise that information was that came out of the Industrial Development Agency board meeting on Tuesday, is that the company, a year ago, we were thinking, oh my gosh, what's happening? They're making a comeback. Right, yeah. You know, so, so there's a couple of numbers we need to look at to, to, for, for explanation. You know, the original war notice was laying off about 500 people. That was reduced to 100 people. Um, so that number was drastically reduced. 
in as soon as that happened, we were doing job fairs, working, you know, trying to find, you know, those who were laid off other means of employment. Uh, the company was bought out by uh, Ferrero, uh, which is part of the Ferrero Rocher, a uh, very wealthy individual and a very uh, broad company. And they want to explore ice cream. So um, they have come back. And many ice cream plants across the country are using antiquated equipment. Uh, and they're just, you know, patching things up and making it work. But now Wells is making an investment, significant investment in that facility, new equipment, uh, and bringing in, so they're bringing in 200 jobs, roughly about 250 is what they anticipate. So if we look at the numbers we talked about, 100 people were laid off, 250 jobs, or 240, somewhere in that area, we're still adding 140 new jobs to a well-paying you know, uh, business in the north part of the county. So again, really excited about the news. Uh, you know, Wells, Blue Bunny, they, uh, you know, people live around the airport, you'll f see their jets flying in quite often. So really excited. Uh, you know, they've got a new boost, uh, new uh, economic outlook, and really excited about what the future holds for Wells. And not to mention the North County in, in as far as its industry uh, and good paying jobs. Mm -hmm. And this is an expansion that's happening on their existing property. Correct, yep. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that was something, I do read the comments on our Facebook uh, post that we do, and that was someone said, where, where is this expansion happening? I'm thinking, well, it's probably happening at the, on their site that they're at. But one of the things that the state, they put out a press release on uh, Tuesday morning about this, and they made mention of the fact that they will be using that the new Americold facility mm -hmm. that opened next door too, so that'll be a symbiotic situation there with one business supporting the other. And, and more... More or less, uh, you know, Maricold came in and that was one of their first clients was, was uh, Wells Blue Bunny. So yes, uh, they've had a relationship thus far, you know, expanding it. We originally toured uh, Americold that it was very, very open and very cold. <laughs> and now uh, we came back a couple months later and it was about 80 to 90% filled with products. So uh, really excited about, you know, the production that's going on. And when Americold was there, there is opportunity and they do have space if they wanted to expand as well. So again, some great opportunities for both uh, an existing company who's been here for a long time, whether it was, you know, Dunkirk Ice Cream, Blue Bunny, Wells, uh, you know, it's, we're really excited about the continuation of this business and ice cream production in the North County. Right. And, it, and it's funny, I mean, we may be on to summer, but I also have read that ice cream is, is in terms of consumption and interest, it is skyrocketed, which I guess I didn't realize as an industry was having such gains. But yeah, I guess that's good news for Chautauqua County uh, either way. Yep. Uh, moving on to another topic, we had the Chautauqua County Legislature meeting last night. And saw some folks come back who had been there at the July meeting. We talked about this at a, in our July interview as well, um, about this issue with temporary housing in the village of Faulkner and some related issues that have been happening that residents are concerned about in the village. Uh, Mayor Jim Jarosinski, he came and spoke again and, you know, said he hadn't heard from county government. And also, and we heard from a couple business owners and they're just saying, you know, can someone come down and talk to us? So I guess since it's been a month, I don't know if you've been able to have any conversations with Department of Social Services about this or what What more can you tell us about this situation? Well, yes, there will be a meeting. Uh, it's unfortunate. I, I said yesterday, uh, you know, you come to the meeting and you say we have a problem and then walk away. No follow-up. I mean, 
any mayor or supervisor in throughout Chautauqua County, if they have an issue, email or call. You know, we were on a call yesterday uh, with the mayor of Dunkirk. They're having a meeting with them of some uh, some things that have popped up. So, you know, this idea that we're refusing to talk or we're failing to talk. You know, I picked up the phone the next day and reached out to our social services director and got an explanation. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things that are unique. It's not Chautauqua County picking uh, the comfort in or budget in just to send people there as we're sending everybody. Uh, individuals are also coming from Cattaraugus County. It's a bid process. They put in a bid and not every hotel is required or motel is required to put in the bid. Um, so, you know, we do use a myriad of other facilities throughout Chautauqua County. Um, but again, you know, many people in that group, uh, you know, pick up the phone and call our office. I mean, obviously we'll reach out now, I guess if that's the way they want it, they don't want us to, you know, to call us, we'll reach out to them and we'll set up the meeting. Um, you know, but there again, there, the county is limited as to what we can do. Um, this is, you know, if there's issues within, you know, Falconer, those are things that the Falconer Village Board has been elected to do and take care of. Um, you know, we looked at the village board meeting and we don't see any mention of this going back as far as November of last year of any mention of, you know, a crisis or a problem where, you know, we need to reach out to the county or we've reached out to the county and have heard nothing. Anybody who, com you know, communicates with my office, we return calls, we return emails and almost immediately. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes things hit an icebox or they go to our, our, you know, spam folder. And we still review that every day to make sure we don't lose them. Um, so yes, we will set up the, the meeting. We will set up, a, you know, time to sit down and talk. Uh, the, the other piece of this, some of the, you know, statements made last night, you know, county taxpayer dollars. These are federal and state mandated programs. This isn't Chautauqua County choosing a, you know, flagship program that we want to implement and spending money to take care of these people. Well, on the other hand, these are people that are down on their luck. Are we not supposed to help them? And I, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, if there aren't hotels in Jamestown to put in for this, we can't drop them off in a hotel and say, you must take them. Um, it's a frustration. I, I understand that, but sit down and talk with us. Um, you know, going to the public forum and speaking once and then coming back yesterday and saying, we haven't heard from anybody. Neither have we. If this was an ongoing problem, pick up the phone, call us, send an email. I mean, I have never, you know, we go back and I've looked at other emails that have transpired from the mayor of Falconer in the last several months. Nothing was mentioned of this, nothing. So let's not make it a political statement. Let's not try to create something that, that isn't there. It's sit down and ask us the questions. You know, a statement was made. Well, we had to foil the information. Nobody had to foil anything. Pick up the phone. John Anderson is our Deputy Director of Social Services, glad to sit and reach out to anybody, or Carmelo Hernandez, the Director of Mental Hygiene and Social Services. Either one will talk. Uh, so yes, we will make that meeting up. That'll be my first, uh, I haven't been to the office yet this morning, but that'll be my first email this morning, or phone call actually. Uh, now that we talk, probably on the way into work, I'll reach out to John and say, hey, make sure we reach out to the mayor, answer his question, because we had all the data, the data was there. I don't, I'm not sure why they felt foiling it was, you know, pick up the phone and ask. We have never, you know, we can give the information as, um, you know, as we can. And if there's a reason, you know, our attorneys would express why. But um, it's unfortunate that this has been, you know, a public forum instead of sitting out and trying to work out the problem, you know, in a diplomatic way. Mm -hmm. Given that, obviously, you can't force the hotels in Jamestown to say we're going to, you know, you're going to take people who need the emergency housing and things like that. And unfortunately, the cities like in Dunkirk and Jamestown are where county offices or in Mayville too are located. How do you, how do you bridge that gap between, okay, this is where 
we can have people go for for emergency housing or code blue, you know, housing, whatever the case may be. How do you bridge that gap between how far they are out in Faulkner or, you know, and, and on the northern side of Jamestown and at the Clarion and getting the services they need to them so that they don't continue to be located in areas where maybe people think they're causing problems? That I'd have to defer that to our social service. I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, there's some, there may be some people that aren't seeking services from the county. They may just be getting temporary assistance in housing or code blue, and they don't come to the county. I mean, we can't force people where once you apply for temporary housing, you're, you're involved in a myriad of other, other, other programs. Uh, we can't force anybody to do anything. So, uh, again, you know, I don't know the answer to that. You know, I'll bring that up with, uh, you know, our social services deputy director, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll get some answers. Mm-hmm. Uh Something else that, you know, is a recent history discussion was uh, the boat user fee for Chautauqua Lake is moving forward to its next steps with uh, Barton and Lujudis going forward to do some more research on the issue. You had a, a meeting on, I think it was August 15th, I was there, uh, and uh, kind of looking at what's going to go forward. This is not, this is, I call it, this is kind of a slow process, but when it comes to the concerns that I think we were hearing people bring up, it doesn't seem like it's that slow when it comes to any typical big issue like a user fee and what is going to happen with Chautauqua Lake. So can you just kind of give a brief overview of just where, where do we head from here? So we've started the process. We've reached out to Bartlett and Judas. Uh, you know, my position has been with this, uh, you know, Chautauqua Lake, since our governor is not going to help us out any more than what she is, and, and there are there are monies coming, but rather insignificant, you know, when you when you look at the overall projects. So, you know, the idea, we're not a, a guarantee, you know, our, our senator and assemblyman have to fight every year for whatever funding we can get. So, you know, I thought, why can't we be self-sustaining? Uh, you know, we wanted to look at a property tax. Well, of course, the people that live on the lake are taxed a lot, so they don't feel they should be part of, you know, that should be on their backs. I get it. Well, then you look at the boaters. We have had an increase of boating in the last, you know, several years. Uh, if you look on Chautauqua Lake, it's always busy, uh, as I've seen. And, uh, you know, so should the boaters be part of this, right? So, um, you know, one of the persons that objects, is, uh, that objects to this said, you know, the, the, the homeowners are putting the fertilizer and the phosphates and nitrogens into the lake. They should be paying for it. Well, the boats come by and they move docks and they create wakes and they create turbulence and they churn up weeds. So why they're using the lake why wouldn't they pay a user fee right if we go into amusement park the people in the amusement park are going to pay well that's not the idea you know so there's a concern i i get it we're looking at a lot of avenues here um you know it was we found out dating back up until the 1950s somewhere about late 50s the county used to get a portion of the boat registration you know we look at how you register snowmobiles but that's something that we'll have to have you know, taken up by our assemblyman and senator to see if we can get some of that money coming back. You know, individuals said, what about uh, a portion of the taxes collected on gas sold on at marinas in the lake? The reason I say in the lake is because they're right there bordering. Someone's not gonna pull up with your vehicle and fill up your tank. $6.25 a gallon, <laughs> that's a pretty steep price to pay uh, on the lake, I get it. Um, so that's another option that somebody put out. You know, we're looking at a lot of things, but we're taking our time. We're not rushing into anything. And there's going to be haters. There's going to be naysayers. And, and you know, they're going to yell and get even louder and say, you know what. But at the end of the day, you know, we are looking roughly between 2.5 and $3 million to just minimally continue what we're doing. 
If we want to expand programming, it's going to cost more money. There are other projects that have come up, but as I've said before, the people know the money is limited, so they don't bring those projects forward. Um, you know, for many, many years, for decades, herbicides and harvesting were the means of main, managing Chautauqua Lake. We got away from the um, herbicides for a portion because DEC regulations, cost was one of them. And now we're introducing it again. But obviously, you know, there's a great deal of controversy when you talk about herbicides and harvesting. And, you know, I've spoken with our DEC director and, you know, there are, there are so many ways to manage this lake. There is no one silver bullet. Therefore, not one way is helping and the other is hurting. So as I've said to people, you know, anecdotally, everyone is helping the lake and at the same time, everyone's hurting the lake. So, you know, we don't know which is working, which isn't. So again, we're relying on science. We have, uh, you know, year three of the Jefferson Project. They're looking at the harmful algal blooms. How do they get started? How are they caused? Could we prevent them? Can we stop them? But in the meantime, they're doing a lot of other research and looking at a myriad of other things. Not to mention, we have a myriad of scientists working in Chautauqua Lake, NC State, Oneonta, SUNY Fredonia multitude of scientific studies going on in this lake. So, you know, we are looking at all that, but we're looking at funding. My, my, my belief is that we need to be self-sustaining. If the governor is not gonna help us, then we need to start to help ourselves. Uh, but we'll take our time with this. This isn't anything that's gonna be rushed. and It's nothing that's gonna be happening. You know, it's not like we're gonna get, uh, you know, information, like I said, by you know, May or June of next year and implemented by July. It's not the case. I mean, right now we're looking at if, uh, if things move forward and if the, if the legislature and we feel it's the right, you know, step to take in, in the right direction to go, uh, it, we'd be looking at, you know, 2025. So, yeah, but you, I mean, don't hold me to these numbers. I just don't know, you know, I just don't see anything happening by next boating season, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And even with the whole process, as you say, this is nothing's a done deal here. I mean, one of the, the main sticking points that you have to get through is what the state's going to allow us to do, because even though there are other lakes that have boat user fees in New York State, like Lake George and Lake Saratoga, I learned at the presentation that they are how things were set up there or how the lake is managed to begin with is just a totally different situation than Chautauqua Lake, which I sat there and said, well, gee, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so that seems like that's a legitimate concern. I don't know how quickly it is to get that answer from New York State. It'll, I don't know. Uh, you know, we're the first county that's looking at doing this. Others are lake associations that have been formed. Um, you know, it goes back to something I've been realizing. You know, when when things uh, when either things can't be afforded by municipalities or other organizations, it falls in the county. Uh, you know, for many many years, you know, the county wasn't involved. The CLA had a tremendous uh, you know, effort, and they still do a uh, great job with what they do in the lake, along with CLP. You know, the herbicides. People can people can get be very you know confrontational about this and argumentative, but at the end of the day, we've used herbicides going back to as early as 1935. Although it wasn't an herbicide, it was copper sulfate. They would tie behind the paddle boat. So we've been putting chemicals in Chautauqua Lake going back as far as the 1930s. Uh, so again, what has helped, what has hurt, we don't know. We need to figure that out and the science is gonna tell us. But we did have a meeting uh, with two of our stakeholders last week. And what we all agreed on coming out of that meeting was we need to 
look at a third party that we had once before, a third party monitoring for some of the studies, but looking at the science that comes in and having that third party analyze and give us recommendations on where do we go? What's the best? Do we herbicide? Do we use herbicides here and harvest over here, vice versa? So getting a better picture of what we really need to do and managing the lake. We're maintaining the lake right now. You know, we know that certain times of the year, you know, early part of the season is curly leaf pondweed, second part of the season is Eurasian milfoil. Uh, you know, there's all things, you know, one of the statements I, I was on the front page of the paper on Monday, you know, uh, from a meeting a week prior, um, we don't know, but guess what? <laughs> there's very few weeds in Chautauqua Lake this year and we don't have an answer. Uh, it's totally different from what we thought after the ice cover this winter. Without a doubt, Julia. Or we, the lack of ice cover, I, I was really anticipating this was going to be one of the worst lakes on record. And with what's happening, or one of the worst years, um, we did see a massive amount of weed growth. I started, I saw it as early as April um, in early parts of May in the South Basin where I happen to go by, you know, out in front of Smith Boys Marina, you know, coming into Astro Bay Marina, there's a channel that was cut. That's how significant the curly leaf pond weed was at that time. But that grows and dies, and usually dies, unfortunately, towards the end of June, 4th of July, right of our, some of our peak boating season. Well, this year it started to die off around Memorial Day. So we're just about a month early. So why did that happen? We don't know. Um, but like we said, less ice has always been an indicator of more weeds. Less ice, less herbicides should be an indicator of more weeds, but yet, we're not seeing it. Now, there will be those, and again, I've heard people say, it's the worst it's been in years. And I've got people in Birders Bay that are sending me pictures. I don't know what you did to the lake, but please keep doing it because it's beautiful this year. I wish I had an answer. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Uh, you know, stakeholders, people that have been on this lake, you know, homeowners, you know, one of our great, uh, ass, one of our great allies with this and a long time, you know, lives on the lake. He's been involved for many, many years. Is Don Emhart. And he said, I, I wish I could explain it. You know, we all agree. Um, you know, CLA, CLP, everybody, you know, lake stakeholders, we're, we're seeing that there are fewer weeds uh, this year. And, and for what reason? We don't know. So again, you know, science could tell us a lot, but at the end of the day, Mother Nature is going to do what Mother Nature wants to do. And if she wants to take the year off from inundating the lake with weeds, well, then that's her right. And we just don't know how or why. But you know, again, the, the, the overall effort is trying to get more self-sustaining uh, financial support for maintaining and managing our lake as, as we move into the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that resolutions passed by the legislature last night was this $87,000 in lake maintenance funding using the occupancy tax, the 2% that goes to lakes and waterways. So the county is still has some allocations that it can make Granted, it's not everything you need, but but that can be made for um, lake maintenance. Correct, and one of the reasons that we that money came to us or that money was requested was because of an early request a request early in the season that last year we needed to run our operations through the end of September, um, and there was another cost that we we reached out um, at that time. It was the CLA was was continuing their operation. We asked if they could continue. Uh, this year, another request was put in, and you know they they said they could accommodate that, but there would be a cost because it's more than what they had budgeted. Uh, we did have funding, uh, and we're looking at this, but uh, you know there was a meeting and some discussion that do we need to continue through the month of September? Right now, uh, I was told last year the Mobitrack program it took him two weeks to clean up in Burtis Bay. This year, they spent two days there and nowhere near the weeds that they had done. You know, David Hart and Hart Hotels made an investment in, in a MOBA track as well. They put some new, they call them aerators, but they're really, you know, water pumps to push 
uh, the weeds out because last year ducks were walking on the water. That's how many weeds were in that part of the the, the, uh, the South Basin. Uh, I stop by there eh, every other day, at the very least once a week, just to check that area. And, and you probably could have gone in with a, you know, I, you know, I look at those kind of manure shovels. They're, they're like a rake upside down. You could use one of those to get the weeds out. That's how few weeds there were. So great news. Uh, but wish we could explain it. <laughs> you know, right. We just can't. But it is great news. You know, that's it should be a cost savings, um, and then allow that money to be utilized. Um, you know, a carryover or you know to do some other projects they might they might have. Right. And when it comes to funding, it's not like you're just solely going to rely on this boat user fee. Should that be the decision that comes forward to be to go forward with that? Is that you are also still going after federal funding? Correct. We're going to keep moving this along. You know, there are, there are some several avenues we. We're pursuing, uh, you know, met with our congressman. In fact, this weekend we're out on the lake with him, um, and uh, really, really astonished as to you know how beautiful the lake was, the great condition it was in. Uh, we saw one of the uh, vertical profilers from the Jefferson Project, uh, the twoest, two newest in the world, are right here in Chautauqua Lake. Um, you know, a lot of development going on around the lake as well. We'll be hearing about some of that going forward. So. Uh, they're really excited, but yeah, we've we've uh, we've asked the congressman to assist us in you know getting funding for a new start project to move forward with this aquatic ecosystem restoration project. So a lot of good things, and and we do need more money and federal money. Um, yeah, Chautauqua Lake are the headwaters of the Mississippi River, so we need to really take a look at that and see how we can assist, or how they can assist us, and we can make sure that the lake is you know managed you know well into the future. Mm-hmm. Looking at, I can't believe that we're heading into September very soon. It's next week is uh, the beginning of uh, the month, and the next time we talk, you will have presented your budget to the legislature, I presume, and we'll be all talking about your budget and what's in it. But one thing that is kind of like I call it maybe one of those teaser items that uh, has come up is Jamestown Community College has this multi-sport athletic complex at their project that they're hoping to do at the at the school here in uh, Jamestown, you know, whether that's, you know, doing work at the stadium or, you know, putting turfing, putting turf down for the soccer field that they did meet with planning commission. I think planning commission is moving forward. But so where do you see this project moving forward? And is this something that you're considering as as part of your capital project list for the budget? It is. It's one of our items, but it's um, it's really something separate. They they put it in with the rest of our capital projects. Uh, It was ranked right around the middle. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of positivity when it looks, when you come to looking at, you know, talking about a stadium, uh, you know, although teams this weekend did say, uh, you know, Dietrich Park was one of the best fields they've played on <laughs> as far as a Babe Ruth organization. So really excited, you know, that we are, is it still a top-notch facility as it stands? Uh, there's a lot of moving parts with that. You know, there's agreements that have to take place between the college and the city of Jamestown. The county is the sponsor for the college, so, you know, we need to sit back. And this is going to be an effort from everybody. You know, there has to be, you know, skin in the game from the city, from the county, the college, the state. It is a state school. It's a SUNY school. Um, you know, my frustration is I wish the state would do a little more. You know, when you're looking at millions of dollars of stadiums, whether it be UB or Albany, and, you know, now we've switched. So instead of state universities or state colleges, now what used to be a SUNY school is now a university. So Fredonia University, Brockport University, um, Geneseo University. So, I, you know, I, I wish the, the the university system, the SUNY system, would start to invest more. Uh Obviously, it's a feeder program for other SUNY schools, but you know it's also uh, it's a it's a great facility, you know, for the community. So yes, a lot of moving parts. This is something that 
you know, there's uh, a couple different ideas, some phasing work, but realistically, everybody has to sit down at the table, and there's some logistics that have to be figured out uh, as we go forward as well. So excited, yeah, it's a it's a great project. Um, I think, you know, when you look at bringing students in from all over the country, the state, especially, you know, uh, I think it's the men's or women's soccer team is, you know, majority of them are from overseas. I, you know, we need to be able to attract these individuals and have a great experience. So uh, we're going to keep moving along. Uh, but again, unfortunately, that is a slow process, but we need to have all of our ducks in a row as we move forward. So. Uh, but I'm excited. I think it's a great project, and you know we'll see where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. With uh, given the fact that the stadium being owned by the city of Jamestown, that that is kind of one of those you know linchpins that the city has to figure out a way to work with the college and all that. And President uh, Demart for JCC had mentioned that you know should that not work out, that he still wanted to go forward with the soccer complex. Do you think that that's a more palatable project? I mean, obviously it's, it's asking less money from the county, but do you think that legislators would be more on board with that kind of situation? or or not well if you look at the history uh, you know we proposed the soccer field last year uh, we we had some we had funding there we we felt very we knew confidently we could fund it with the means uh, the legislature didn't feel supportive of that that's fine that's their decision I, I totally understand it um, and they did say you know we would look into a you know a bigger for a bigger project if you know because that's what the college had said well we're looking at something multi-use and that was something the the legislature was entertaining and they still are entertaining it just you know we have to wait and see what the final numbers are and the final request is going to be and there's just a myriad of of things that have to fall into place so you know we'll take our time but you know very confident that this will move forward uh, so we'll just wait and see how what happens and how things play out mm-hmm. well even though I, we, are, we are still very solidly in august but we labor day weekend is creeping up on us uh, anything that you want to share about labor day and uh workforce well yeah you know i think we we need to you know honor men and women that have you know been supportive of labor for many many years you know the labor movement started at the turn of the century and was really um crucial in protecting the lives of our employees um, and that continues on through through this day you know and our labor movement is you know created some great benefits for workers and protected workers so we want to take time to recognize uh, you know all those you know who have been involved in our labor movement across the, the county across the country and continue but you know unfortunately <laughs> you know it was said last night somebody somebody made a statement you know with labor day coming we know that usually that's the final kind of the the end game of summer, right? So, you know, that we know the finales, the fine, you know, the end of a, of a fireworks show, or, you know, Labor Day's kind of the finale of summer, right? We, we know that kids are gonna go back to school, at least in New York, uh, other states are already back. Uh, so, you know, we're excited, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, we have some great new opportunities as far as economic development, still more to come. So we're excited about that. But, um, you know, I just remind people, you know, what the day is about. Um, Kids probably don't like it because they know that school is right around the corner. Um, but you know, nonetheless, it's a it's a day to you know celebrate the labor and, and the labor movement and, and what they've done for our country and, and for employees. So uh, excited about it. Um, but it's kind of the big hurrah, right? The, and the big uh, festival, labor Labor Day festival at Bergman Park uh, will be going on. And um, you know, I always used to kind of sigh when Labor Day came because you know you knew you're back to school in the next couple of days. But um, you know, nonetheless, it'll be an exciting. I mean, at least in my house, you know, I have a the last ones going through. My son will be a senior, so uh, it's a lot of a lot of first lasts this year. You know, it'll be the last first day of football practice. It starts so different things. You know, those those kind of stuff. But uh, you know, nonetheless, I wish everybody luck. You know, all the students going back to school, the teachers, uh, education is a, a changing, ever changing 
profession nowadays. And, uh, you know, we just excited to get back into the, you know, the swing of, uh, I still, you know, it's interesting when people talk to me, I still say like this year, but I think of this year as September to June. So even though I've been in this job for a couple of years now, mentally for 25 years, the year was, you know, September till the end of June. Uh, so I still catch myself. Well, it was this year. And like, no, it was September, October of last year. Well, I still have school mentality. So <laughs> I still think of that school year, but it's different. I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting through. But um, now I just... Waiting to see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you'd like to add or catch us up on? No, you know the budget's moving along. Uh, we, we've had some uh, uh, some preliminary meetings. Well, we've had a couple of different phases. The, the phase now is that they've, I've been meeting with every department individually, going through. Um, there are some departments we're going to bring back and looking you know, to cut a little bit more. Um, yeah, there's always going to be criticisms of the budget. You know, there, there always is. Um, but there's some unique perspectives this year that we're um, you know that we're looking at. Uh, Increases are, are, I feel, are minimal. Uh, you know, there are some things that are just beyond our control. You know, one of the things that came up last night was, you know, asking the governor to veto, uh, you know, the the election law. Uh, unfortunately, there was some opposition, and really, it was just people were speaking, and at some point, they they mentioned parties, but the parties really weren't mentioned at the beginning. Uh, but in Chautauqua County, both of our election commissioners oppose uh, the voter, the new voting. Uh, you know, one of the one of the legislators made a statement that we're increasing voter turnout. Well, we're really not. All they're doing is moving an election to a year where there's more people. Uh, so, you know, increasing voter turnout in local elections is one thing. But what you're doing is, and, and it's a very unique um, elections. Like the county executive is moving to the presidential years but not your constitutional required DA, you know. So if this were a state maneuver to move everybody to consolidate and save money, yes. But when you're moving unique races, uh, because again, not every county has a county executive. There's 18 counties in New York State that have a county executive race. Uh, but then they're looking at towns and uh, towns as well. Cities and villages are opted out, but the towns are still involved. So. Why not everybody? You know, I mean, it, it, it's unique that they're just picking, handpicking what they want to do. Um, quite honestly, bipartisanly, this is opposed uh, throughout the state. Um, I know as members of the County Executives Association, both Democrats and Republicans oppose this. Uh, we've been very outspoken about this. Um, you know, again, NISAC has had the same statements. This does not save anybody money. All they're doing is they're moving elections to where there's more turnout. Again, so this idea of we're increasing voter turnout, no, you're still gonna have the same large number of people coming out in a presidential year and fewer on you know non-presidential years and those midterms, if you will. But again, that's a choice that people have. They can either you know execute their right of, to vote or they can't, it's up to them. But to say that we're gonna move voting or we're gonna move certain elections to more popular times to increase voter turnout is, is a, it's it's kind of a it's a fallacy, really. It's it's kind of like an oxymoron. We're you know we're we're moving votes to increase votes. No, you're not. You're moving elections just to move elections, and and that's been you know that point's been made across the state, um, and growing concern that this is more a political move as it is an economic move. Um, you're still going to have your constitutionally required positions, DA, clerk, um, and uh, judges. Um, just sheriff is going to be or will be in those times again so it's unfortunate that you know this is where it's come but you know we've asked i've been a strong opponent of this you know asking to veto um but this year you know and and ironically what's going to happen is we don't even know the the clarity as it comes out right now if you are i know two of the county executives we work with one each one of them will only be running for a three-year term 
So they'll be caught up um, to the next presidential cycle. Whereas my, ne- my next uh, election is in 2025, but then that would be for only a three-year term as it stands, so then we would all be in, in line with the presidential elections. Unique that the state's going to override our county's you know, charter that it's a four-year term, Well, we're going to cut it to three because we want to. Unique how the state can kind of do that. You know, it goes back. And, um, you know, but there are some things, you know, the state does what they want. The governor does what she wants. That's unfortunate. And, you know, because we're such a minority out here in upstate Western New York that we're often, um, you know, overlooked. But I know I can tell you our senator and assemblyman fight viciously for us uh, all the time. They know where we are here in Western New York. Uh, we're, you know, we're heard. So we'll keep, we'll keep up the fight and we'll keep working on what we feel is the right thing for the residents of Chautauqua County. Uh, and you now we'll keep moving on. Mm-hmm. And I had talked with um, uh, Board of Election Commissioners, uh, Brian Aberman, Luce Torres, on this issue when the, I think it was first came out that this was happening. And they went over, you know, this is how it's going to cost us money if this goes through. And this is how, you know, issues that we could possibly have with voter confusion, you know, especially initially. And I think the, the, the point on that, it doesn't move the constitutionally um, uh, positions like the sheriff and, and the clerk and such that, you know, he's still going to have people voting in the odd years and so is yeah the the point on you know it doesn't mean that in the odd years you just stay at home but some people might think that's the case so you might have an unintended consequence oh without it yeah certainly and then you might get you know people and it it's interesting they you know for example if you if like in chautauqua county if you have a hundred thousand people go through step back realistically about thirty thousand people go through the voting process well, you have 30,000 votes cast for your president, your vice president, et cetera, you know, your congressional races, but you only have 10 or 15,000, let's say, for a county executive race. What's that telling you? The people are going to go in and vote. They're still going to go in and possibly vote for presidential and walk out. There's nothing required once you sign that ballot, start the ballot, you must complete it. You can vote or not vote for any party or any person or any position that you wish. So, you know, those statistics are out there as well. So it, there's nothing guaranteed that, you know, and if they do, you know, are they going to really look at the issues? Uh, you know, right now when there's the off years when it's just a county executive race, those are things you could focus on, you know, county issues. But if you're lumping it with the presidential election, uh, are, is the county executive race going to be determined on who aligns himself with the presidential candidate? Which... You know, there's a couple of steps of government in between the county and the presidency, uh, you know, and they're are linked to Washington. So, you know, it just it makes you that's the big question. You know, are our local issues going to be, you know, kind of pushed to the side um, because they're going to be focused more on the larger issues, the you know, nationwide issues, global issues for that matter. Uh, so, again, they're both sides. I mean, people can argue, but it's interesting that, you know, uh, quite interesting that our you know the vote for that was party lines and uh, unique that our elect the democratic election commissioner was opposing this but the democratic caucus all voted in favor of it so it is what it is <laughs> we'll move on we'll yes move on. anything else you'd like to add no just really you know excited for the opportunities uh, there's some good things as, as always you know uh, it's unfortunate people want to focus on negativity here in the county i was out uh, a couple different places over the weekend and um, you know we're just going to continue moving forward and talking about the positive things you, you're going to find what you're looking for uh, if you're looking for positivity you'll find it if you're looking for negativity you're going to find it but you know what i focus on is growth i look at opportunity i look at positivity and moving forward and you know we're going to have some downturns we're going to have some you know kicks in the knee but at the end of the day uh, you know we're going to pull ourselves up we're going to move forward you know whether it's a you know 
concern like with Severino or anything else that happens. You know, we'll take it in stride, we'll pivot, we'll move, and, and I'm very confident with the residents of this county, all 126,000, 27 of them, um, will do whatever it takes to move this county in the right direction. So I'm excited and be proud to be uh, the county executive. County Executive Wendell, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me.